Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God, sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. This week we're uh, continuing our journey into looking into the lives of the heroes of the faith listed in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, people who went through uh, more than we can imagine and endured more than we can imagine, and uh, we're kind of looking and digging into their lives so we can experience their journeys, what challenged their faith, what things increased their faith, and um, each each week we're going to look at a different group of people or individual, and last week we ended talking about Abel and how his faith cost him everything. I mean, Abel... Uh, the offering he made, he made as an act of faith, and because of it, his, his brother killed him. And we said that, you know, sometimes uh, living out your faith can cost you something. Uh, sometimes, as in uh, Abel's case, it cost him his life. Sometimes it may just cost us a job, you know, because no one wants to work with the Bible thumper who's always, you know, throwing verses at him and bringing him into every work situation. Or sometimes it can cost you a relationship because uh, no one wants to be in a relationship with someone who is holier than now. But uh, there are times when living out your faith may not cost you anything, but it may bring you through something when you're going through trials and tragedies. And uh, the only person that you can turn to is to lean into trust on God. And that's what brings you through a situation. Amen. Now, um, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, just the other night there was a shooting. There was a, a singer who got shot right after a performance. And then uh, Andrew was telling me and, and uh, Joe was also telling me this morning that last night there was another shooting in Miami where just someone walked into a club. And uh, these are the types of things that we're talking about. These are the types of where you cannot comprehend what in the ham sandwich is going on, but all you can do is turn to God. But before we continue, I just want to spend some time praying because I, 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 last I heard was 20, someone said 30 or 40 people shot, however many, every one life. Is, is one life too many. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. God, we just, we just lift up the, the families uh, to you, uh, the survivors. We lift up the wounded to you. We pray that uh, you would be with them, that you would strengthen them. Uh, and we pray that now during this time of uncertainty, this time where uh, everything is kind of in question and in disarray and in confusion, during this time where there is nothing but pain and hurt and loss, we pray that you would comfort these people, even the ones that don't know you, even the ones that have never heard of you, even the ones who have rejected you. We know that you still love them. We know that you still care for them. And we pray that you would be with them during this uncertain time. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to continue walking through the book of Hebrews. And I'm going to jump towards the end of uh, chapter 11 and um, share a passage with you quickly. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, this is what it says. Not one of these people, talking about all the people in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, got their hands on what was promised. And this is the message version. And it's saying that even though their whole lives, it wasn't one act of faith, it was the way they lived their lives, trusting and believing in God. And it said, God had a better plan for us that their faith and our faith would come together to make one completed whole. 
their lives of faith not complete apart from ours. And God's, God's plan wasn't that they would just, through one simple act, uh, that their faith would be increased or, or whatever, uh, but their faith and our faith, all of us looking and trusting to the same God, would create a greater whole. And, and here's the truth. Um, for us, and I don't know about you, but when there's times of, of, of trial or you're going through something, uh, trusting in God is, is, is one thing, and it may be challenging depending on what you're going through. But if there's another person who has been through that and can say, yeah, God saw me through it, that is what helps us through. Because the greatest spiritual asset that we have that God gives to us is his Holy Spirit. But the greatest physical asset is another spirit-filled believer. And it's great when I can, and, you know, I can pray in the spirit and God strengthens me and encourages me. It's really great when I can go talk to someone who says, yeah, been there, done that. God saw me through it, and I'm still here. That's a huge encouragement. That's a huge uh, boost to my faith and to our faith when we're going through something. Now, sometimes we, we expect, like uh, what is just said in Hebrews, uh, that you know, when you put your faith in God, that you're going to get some kind of physical blessing. You're going to get some kind of a physical reward. But God is not looking for us to put our faith in him so that we can receive some tangible item because the greatest thing, the greatest blessing that God gives us is himself, his presence, his time with him. And when we're struggling through something, when we're going through something, when we're going through challenges, when we're for those of you releasing your, you know, children out into, out of high school and out into the world where they're going to be taking, you know, doing things on their own, uh, the greatest time of insurance that we can get when we're putting our faith in God is when we spend time with him. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I you know, my kids, they're all grown. They're not kids anymore. But every time I read a tweet or a Facebook status from one of them, I, I really, all I can do is just turn to God and say, help them, Lord, and pray for them. And say that, you know, I can't do and be there with them because they're in other places. But God can. And I get encouraged, not because I'm praying for them, but because I'm spending time with him. And that helps my faith. That helps us the next time that we have to trust and reach out uh, and believe in God. So uh, we're going to continue looking at the next person in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, and this is about Enoch. And in Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm going to put these up here because they're, they're short. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, this is what it says, by faith. And we said faith is believing and trusting and acting on it, even when we don't see God at work. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life. Now, the fact that it says this life means there's another life. This isn't the only life there is. And if all we're doing is living for this life, we're missing the whole eternal aspect because whether we believe in God or not or trust God or not, we're all going to have to spend eternity somewhere. And so what the author of Hebrew tells us is that Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And we looked at this verse last week. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And again, it's not that we're uh, putting our faith because we're expecting a physical blessing. But if you're seeking God, if you're searching for something, the blessing is when you find it. And if we're seeking God, the blessing, the reward, is when we get that time and that presence uh, alone with God. Now, 
Let me do this. Talk a little bit about Enoch. Uh, how many have ever heard the name Enoch before? Biblical? Okay. Uh, I don't know if you can read this, but he was the uh, seventh, not son, but seventh descendant of Adam. Um, and he uh, uh, was the father of Methuselah and the great-grandfather of Noah. And everyone's heard of Noah, right? Noah in the ark? Yeah. So um, I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of Genesis, and we're going to read a little bit about Enoch, because there's not a whole lot about him in the Bible, uh, but there is, so if you have a Bible, take it out and turn to the book of Genesis. Now, while you're turning there, let me share this with you. Even though there's not a lot about him in the Bible, uh, there is this book called the Book of Enoch, which he wrote. Now, the, a lot of people are, are it's a, I don't want to say it's controversial, but a lot of people are like, hey, why didn't this book make it into the Bible? It's because it's not divinely inspired. It's not a book where God is revealing information about himself to humanity. So it's the same way if you ask, there are literally billions of books that have been written throughout the ages of time. They're not all in here because they're not all God trying to reveal himself to humanity. But it is a book where Enoch wrote uh, some things in it and, and uh, some of it is controversial. It's about angels and all this kind of stuff. But that doesn't take away from who he was or what he did. So turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 5. And in Genesis chapter 5, this is what we read in verse 18. When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. And after he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived 962 years and then he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God, underline that phrase, walked with God, 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God, then he was no more, because God took him away. Now, this is what pleased God. His life, where it says he walked with God, his life, uh, not just um, a one act, not just one or two things he did, but his life reflected his walk with God. His life was a, he lived his life in a way that was God-honoring and that pleased God. If you look in the King James Version, it says his life was a testimony to God. Because it wasn't about an act. So for 300 years, which may be a long time for us, but think about your whole adult life. Think about from the time you became a Christ follower. Are the things that we're doing, God looks at them and says, hey, well done, my good and faithful servant. And every single day, every moment of every day, we have choices. We're confronted with things where we have to make choices. And is the choice that I'm making going to be pleasing to God? Or is the choice that I'm making going to be something that is not pleasing to God? Now, uh, God isn't trying to as some people say, like, manipulate us. God wants what's best for us. God literally doesn't want a different us. He wants the best us possible. And that's what he transforms us into. When he puts his Holy Spirit in us, it is to help us to be the best us possible. That's what God wants for us. And that's what Enoch gave to God, the best Enoch possible. And God was so pleased with it that he said, hey, you know what? I'm not even going to wait for you to die. Just come up here because I want you to spend the eternity with me starting now. And living your life for God is a huge part of faith. It wasn't just acts. And if you uh, turn over to chapter 6, 
of Genesis, when it talks about Noah, it says this is the account of Noah in verse 9. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. And we've heard, I don't know if you've, if you've heard, but some people, a lot of people have heard that um, phrase before, but Noah, Enoch, uh, people today, when you hear that phrase, walk with God, it's not about, hey, I'm, 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 I, I did one thing that pleased God, or I gave a big offering. It's about living our lives in a way where God looks and says, yes, yes, yes. Now, um, how many of you guys have pets? Anyone have pets? Okay. Um, Christy and I, you know, we have crypto, and, and we've been trying to train him because uh, when he was small and cute and he jumped all over you, it was cute. Now when he jumps all over people, they're like, seriously, control your dog because he's kind of big, and he starts licking on your ear. And when he's little tiny, he's licking on your ear, it's all cute. When it's a big dog just slobbering on your ear, it's not so cute. So we're trying to train him. And one of the ways that, that we've been looking at, and I know there's, there's shock collars and this and all that, but one of the ways that we've been looking at is positive reinforcement getting him to enjoy when we either encourage him with treats or food, gotta love food, or, or just positive reinforcement saying, yes, that's a good boy, great, and loving on him when he does the right thing, so he continues to do the right thing. And that's what God looks for from us. When we do the right thing, that he looks down and says, yes, well pleased, awesome, keep it up, keep going, and keep doing what you're doing. All right, now, this is what Hebrews 11 says, by faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, again, an act of faith, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So again, Noah, huge act of faith, um, things that not yet seen, had no idea that a flood was coming, other than God said, I'm going to cause this great flood, and so without seeing any evidence of it, he built this ark, and it says in holy fear, and it's not like, okay, I'm scared to death, don't beat me, I'm going to build the ark. It is like, I am in so in reverential awe of who you are, that I'm going to do whatever you say. And so he started building the ark. Now, uh, talk a little bit about his faith. It says that Noah's faith was put into action. I mean, obviously, he stepped out on faith, and he built an ark, and a lot of us would probably not make the same juncture. I mean, if God told us to, like, do some fantastic thing, and it wasn't like build an ark in your backyard. It was like build an ark that takes up a third of the community. I mean, a huge thing to where people are going to laugh at you, and people are going to talk bad about you, and people might fire you. And that, that's the risk that we take as Christ followers. Are we going to continue to, when everyone's mocking, you know, biblical things or whatever, or when a, uh, and this hasn't happened recently, praise God, but when some pastor or some famous Christian messes up or makes a mistake and it's all over the news and it's all online and everyone says, where's your God now? You know, if Franklin Graham were to get caught with a kilo of cocaine and a bunch of prostitutes, and some stolen money, and a dead body of someone he killed. I mean, just imagine the worst. And then everyone started slamming, where's, you know, your God now? You Christians are hypocrites or whatever. Are you still going to say, well, you know what? I'm still trusting God. My faith wasn't in Franklin Graham. My faith was in Jesus Christ. And Franklin Graham, just like every other human on the planet, is capable of sinning. 
but God loves them anyway. And before anyone says anything, none of this is true, all right? So don't go start Googling, did Franklin Graham get caught with a prostitute? And none of that is true. I'm just saying, but this is what Noah did. He put his faith into action in building the ark. Um, he also, his faith condemned others, is what we just read. Because when he was acting on faith, it kind of made other people uh, look bad and put their um, faith or lack of faith uh, was highlighted. And here's what, here's what Peter says. Now, this is pretty cool. In, in 1 Peter chapter 3, this is a complete Jewish Bible version, it says, For if God has in fact willed that you should suffer, it is better that you suffer for doing what is good than for doing what is evil. For the Messiah himself died for sins once and for all, a righteous person on behalf of unrighteous people, so that he might bring you to God. So this is, this is basic. This is the gospel. Jesus Christ died for us. Uh, we weren't worthy of it. He died for us so that he might bring us to God. But then Peter goes on and says this. He, meaning Jesus Christ, was put to death in the flesh, but brought to life by the Spirit. And in this form, he went and made a proclamation to the imprisoned spirit to those who were disobedient long ago in the days of Noah, that's Noah, when God waited patiently during the building of the ark in which a few people, to be specific, eight, were delivered by means of water. Now, this is what Peter is saying. He's saying that Jesus Christ, after he was crucified, and there's, this is a controversial um, verse because some people say that what it means is that Jesus Christ preached through Noah to those people. That Noah, when Noah was preaching to them, when he was sharing the gospel with them, when he was explaining why he was building the ark, that was Jesus Christ. But you could take it that way, but what it literally says is, uh, in this form, Jesus went and made a proclamation to the imprisoned spirit. And we don't understand it, and we may not grasp it, but basically, this is what it's saying, that after his death, that Jesus Christ went to those people uh, and told them, yeah, you know what? Noah was right. And you were wrong. And we say, how is that possible? That doesn't sound fair. What doesn't sound fair is if you're living your life for God and you're getting jeered at and you're getting, you know, beat up or in some countries beheaded. And just like it said previously, it is so much better. If I'm going to suffer in this life, I would rather suffer for doing what God has called me to do than suffer for doing something wrong or something silly, or something crazy. I would rather suffer knowing that I'm taking the steps and living the life and doing what God has called me to do. But this is what else it says. So Noah's faith was put in action. It condemned others, but it also made him righteous. Now, this isn't, this isn't like Abel where a sacrifice was made, and then um, because of the sacrifice, the sins were atoned for. This is where Noah's act of faith and belief and from a biblical standpoint, it's the equivalent of, um, if you look at the cross as the dividing line of, of history, where Noah looked forward to the cross and put his faith and trust in it, the same way we look back to the cross, because none of us were around 2,000 years ago to actually see that happen. But we put our faith and trust in the event that happened 2,000 years ago, and he was looking forward to putting his faith and trust that God would allow humanity to be redeemed. And this is what it says in um, Romans chapter 1. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith, disclosed in a way that awakens more faith, as it is written and forever remains written, the just and the upright shall live by faith. 
The only way that we can persevere through the trials of this world is by living by faith. The only way that we can please God is not by how much money we give, not by how much volunteering we do, not by anything that we try to earn. It's by putting our faith and trust in him. Now, we're going to spend some time uh, doing something a little, a little different. Uh, we're going to do uh, what's called a step of faith. And um, Heather reminded me, if you haven't done so, check in the crossroads. Let people know that you're here, that you're at church on Sunday morning. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask Eric, Gary, can you come up and uh, ask him to pass out pen and paper? And what I'm going to ask you to do, if, if you have anything... Not that you're praying for, we'll do that another time, but that you want to praise God for, something that God has done in your life, an example of maybe a time when, you know, God brought you through something, or you did put your trace, your, your trust and your faith in God, and he, he brought you through it, or, or, or maybe just, you know, it could be something huge, and, and let me say this, if you've got kids that are graduated, write it down, huge praise to God. If you have kids that graduated a while ago, and, and I'm not trying to be, like, overdramatic, but they're still alive, praise God. Write it down. And then what we're going to do is uh, a little while later, I'm going to ask you to come up. Not right now. A little while later, I'm going to ask you to come up and to just deposit those uh, into that, and we're going to keep those. And sometime way in the future, um, we're going to continue to collect these all throughout, you know, for the next couple of months and sometime in the future, we're going we're gonna to read and share in a huge praise ceremony. Actually, this is what we're going to do. Uh, some of you may or may not be here, but Christmas this year is on a Sunday, right? I think so. So on Christmas morning, Sunday morning, for those of us that are going to hear, we're going to celebrate the birth of Christ, and we're going to celebrate what God has done in our lives, and we're going to share all these praises. So don't write down anything that's too personal, or if you want to write it down and just say don't share this publicly, then... then uh, when I go through them later, we'll, we'll, we'll share it. God, we do want to give you praise and glory this morning. And we want everything that we do to be worshipful, to give you the glory, to put you first. And we want to leave this place with our lives just pointing towards our faith in you. You to be blessed. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Remain standing. We're not done yet. We have a couple more things I wanted to do because we got a lot of time left. A couple more things I wanted to do. Um, now I do realize that none of the people that graduated this year are here, but I think it would be appropriate if we just took a moment and spent some time praying for them. And uh, praise God, praying for the families of the people who graduated. So just bow your heads with me, God. We lift up uh, not just the ones from this congregation, but all the ones in our community. And yes, nationwide, Lord, all those people that graduated uh, and are stepping out into their communities and, and into different roles in life. And some of them are doing so, putting their faith and trust in you uh, to help them, to guide them, to lead them, to strengthen them, to encourage them. But so many of them are stepping out with no one to trust, no one to hold on to. They're going to colleges, uh, some that may be local, but even the ones that are far away where they don't have people who they can depend on and lean on who will guide them. They're stepping into jobs. Some of them are stepping into the military. 
Some of them are going uh, uh, across the country, and some of them are going into other nations, Lord. And God, we pray that you would be with them. We pray that you would strengthen. We pray that you would bring people around them who will help them, who will encourage them, who will guide them, who will lead them, and who will help them to be the people that you have called them to be, the best versions of them possible, Lord. And we pray that if they haven't already done so, somewhere along the way, somewhere along their journey, that they find that place where they can put their faith and their trust in you. Lord, we pray for their families that are watching them go, and some of them will be able to be there for, for them, some close and, and, and right there, but some of them from, from afar. God, we pray that you would strengthen those family members, those moms and those dads, single parents. Uh, we pray that you would give them just faith enough to trust in you and your love for their children just as you show your love to us. And God, we pray that that whole generation wouldn't go out seeking what can they get for themselves, but would go out seeking how they can be a blessing to you and how they can be a blessing to others and how their lives can lift you up. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What we're going to do is take a step of faith. If you wrote down whatever it is that you want to just praise God for blessing you with or for whatever God brought you through, um, as we sing this closing song, uh, just come up and drop it in the altar, and uh, we're going to close out on a note of praise. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. along with us. Praise God. 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 Praise God.
choices and the bad choices, you still loved us, you were still with us, and your word says, and we thank you that your word says you will always be with us. So as we leave here, God, we pray that we would live lives of faith, that we would walk with you, that we wouldn't have actions and moments, but we would have lives that reflect your love for us, your goodness to us, and your grace and mercy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everyone amen. said amen. 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 Amen.